La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais hey, bonjour, rugby friends, and welcome to a new episode of French Rugby Connection Podcast with moi, Véronique Lindieu, and. And my good self, Mike Pierce. Very good, very good. What a weekend that was. What a match. It was such a tsunami of emotions. It was thrilling. Yeah, I'll tell you what, for the neutral, it must have been absolutely fabulous. But if you're French or Welsh and had high blood pressure, I think it was quite so good. But incredible comeback by France, you have to say. Indeed. I think the rugby gods were present that day in Stade de France. I put the blame on Dominici, who was probably watching from up there. <laughs> But hey, anyway, I heard that you bought your Scottish rugby shirt. Yeah, I've got a Scottish rugby t-shirt all ready to go for Friday. I'm going to watch Braveheart on video tonight <laughs> before. I'm going to have haggis for tea and, yeah, come on, Scotland. <laughs> and you, if they win, you are going to sing the Scottish hymn as well. I will be singing Flower of Scotland if, by some miracle, <laughs> Scotland win. Or even if, even if they win by a small enough margin for Wales to win the Six Nations, I'll still... Delight the listeners with my rendition of Flower of Scotland. And I may do a rendition of La Marseillaise, despite the, the fact I cannot sing, but I'll have to be very gentle with my vocal cords for our listeners. But I'd it... be more gentle with the ears of the listeners than you might be with vocal cords. <laughs> so anyway, the chance to speak with a rugby legend, Scottish rugby legend. You heard of him and his name is... Big Gav, Gavin Hastings. Exactly. I hope you would enjoy. And his son is playing on Friday. Adam, yeah. And guess what? He played against uh, against Tamak, Tamak Emil Tamak yeah, in his day. Yeah, so his yeah. son, his son might play against uh, Tamak. How small the rugby world is. Absolutely. I hope you would enjoy it. So hi, Gavin. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. And looking forward to the summer starting. I'm looking forward to the British and Irish Lions Rugby Tour of South Africa. And particularly, I'm looking forward to the game between L'Ecosse and La France at the weekend. You bet, so am I. So just a quick summary of your career for our French listeners who may not have heard of you unless they live in they another planet. heard of me. So you never know. So I'm going to point out some of your you, your milestones. You are regarded as one of the best Scottish players. That's just by me. <laughs> you won 61 caps for Scotland and scored 667 points. You were captain 20 times of Lecos, the Scottish team, from 19. 86 and 1995. You were part of the Lions Tour in 1989 with your brother. As I said to you, there must be something in your porridge over there in Edinburgh. You, your brother, your son, all playing rugby brilliantly. And you captained the Lions Tour in 1993. That's correct, yeah. In New Zealand. And you were made OBE, which is one of the best recognition by the Queen 
Well, it was very nice just for services to rugby. So, yeah, I'm very proud of, of being an OBE as well. Yes, OBE, absolutely. And you were inducted to the International Rugby Hall of Fame in 1993. And in 2003, you were inducted as well in the rugby world. I think, yeah, I think what happened was that they, they had an original Hall of Fame and then World Rugby decided that they better administer the whole thing. So they, they sort of came together. So they gave me another induction as well. And in fact, I've got my cap. Let me bring this down. Yeah. <laughs> you take a picture of that. Okay. Hall of Fame 2013. Excellent. And you are part of the Hall of Fame alongside legends such as Philippe Sella, an excellent 15, and many others as well. So that, that's brilliant. So let's go back to Memory Lane first. You made your first debut against France in 86, and the game was won by the Scots, 18 to 17. Would you like me to tell you about the game? Yeah, definitely. I remember it as though it was about... Five years ago, maybe not all that long ago, but no, it was a very special game, obviously. Whenever the Scots play the French in Murrayfield, we always play in a white jersey. And so I won my very first cap wearing the white jersey of Scotland, not the normal blue of Scotland. But I was one of six new caps, six people that had never played for Scotland before. So nobody out with the Scottish team gave us a chance of winning and... Uh, I remember taking the kickoff. I was very, very excited and I kicked the ball over the touchline. And we thought there would be a scrum back at halfway, but the French took a quick throw in. And by the time I realized what was going on, I had seven Frenchmen running towards me. And this is after five seconds. So I tackled six of the Frenchmen, but not the one with the ball. And I think it was Pierre Bibizzi who scored the try after. 20 seconds of my international debut and Guy Laporte was playing standoff that day and he has two attempts at kicking the conversion and fortunately neither of them went over which is why we managed to win by one point if his conversion had gone over we'd have lost by one point and as it was we had a very big celebration that night and uh, the French people were very upset So that was the start of a wonderful relationship. And uh, who were the players you were playing against? You mentioned Berbizier, Laporte. Philippe Sella was there, Serge Blanco was there, I think probably Lagisque on the wing. And to be honest, I don't remember the forwards because A, they were very ugly. B, <laughs> As <they> usual. Were, <laughs> they're, they're very dangerous and very scary people, so I would stay away from all these forwards. <laughs> probably... Probably Eric Schomp was playing and Elbani and Daniel Dubroca, but they were all very scary. And I prefer to keep out with my better looking French people in, in the, in the backs. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. So do you think that the Scott might repeat their success? Not obviously in Murrayfield because we got beaten last year by the Scots, unfortunately. Long story, we won't go there. But do you think they might get lucky in the Stade de France on Friday? Well, it depends if you think that if France were to lose to Scotland, that would be lucky for the Scots, or maybe we could just play better than the French team. And so for me, it's all about going out there and, and trying to play exciting rugby and, and score lots of tries. And if Scotland were able to do that, 
like they did the last time they won in, I think, the Stade de France, which was in 1999, very, very long time ago. We haven't won since that time. So we won in Twickenham earlier in the Six Nations for the first time in 38 years. This will be, what, 22 years since we last won. So if we can repeat what we've done in, in Twickenham, then that would be good. And now we don't need to wait so long the next time for a victory. But the, the ironic thing, the irony was that there were no Scottish supporters in Twickenham earlier on to see the Scotland team win. We all had to watch it on television. And a bit like, it's so sad that watching the Wales-France match last weekend in, in this wonderful stadium that just is... It's like a ghost town with, without any supporters. And the same it'll be on Friday night. And I, I just, I feel sorry for the players when they, they put so much into the game. And could you imagine that the atmosphere in the Stade de France from last week's game and, and France having to come back from behind as they did? I mean, that would have been the most incredible game to have witnessed as a supporter if you had been able to be in the Stade de France last week. We need to see hopefully another game like we saw last week Um, Mm -hmm. and if it's like that if it's as exciting as as last week's match then I think it will be fantastic Mm -hmm. absolutely I believe Adam Hastings your son is going to be part of the squad as well on Friday he will he is going to be let me know this morning that he was going to be in the squad so I'm pleased for him he's had a tough year this year he broke his um collarbone right in the the match against Wales the last match of last year's Six Nations and he was out for four months and then he got a red card and he was banned for a while so he's not had much rugby this year poor chap but he's keen and he's very fit so and he played very well against France last year at Murrayfield so he'll have uh, He'll be looking forward to to playing against the French when he comes on 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 the weekend. And his position is? He plays number 10, standoff, so maybe against Entomac. Oh. Just like their fathers, I played my last game for Scotland against Emile when he scores a try three minutes into injury time in the 1995 Rugby World Cup. And I never really forgave um, Emile Entomac for scoring this try, but I think his son is a very fine rugby player, as his dad was. And uh, hopefully he might say the same nice thing about my son. And Peno as well. Peno is uh, his son, Damien Peno. Um, he's a famous son of... Uh, Peno. That's right. Alain. Yeah, so I would have played against Alain Peno, but boy, his son's a good player also and uh, very fast and very elusive. So... Uh, the Scottish defence must be on form at the weekend. And which team players uh, do you think the Scots would be more wary of? Well, I think the French uh, Dupont and Entomac look likely to be the halfback pairings. Uh, I think the other uh, standoff, he, he got injured last week, so unfortunately he is out. But Dupont is a wonderful player. The French back division is very, very, well, it's incredible to watch and they have such flair and pace and talent and I love the way that they just pass the ball and they're always scoring tries. So, And I think Scotland also have got some very fine players. So I think it could be an amazing game. There could be lots of tries scored because France need to win, I think, by 21 points in Mm -hmm. order to win the championship. So they'll certainly be going for a few tries. And Scotland have got nothing to lose. And we know if we can beat France, I think, by 
six or seven points, then we can finish second in the championship. So that will be very good from a Scotland point of view also. So it should be a cracking game. I'm very much looking forward to it. And hopefully attack will be on the minds of every rugby player to try and score tries. And uh, that means that it should be an exciting game. Mm -hmm. And you played with Fabien Yatier as well in your rugby days. Yeah, he was always a very classy, classy player, Fabien. And I like the I like the energy he has given to the, to the French team in the last couple of years. And I know there's maybe bigger things ahead with the World Cup in France in two years' time. And that's going to be very, very exciting. And I I just hope that France keep playing the way that they're playing because they're they're a joy to watch when they play the way that France can play. And I'm sure that they bring a lot of joy to, to faces of rugby supporters all over the world. Yeah, I think it's about time because the last 10 years have been painful to watch for whatever reason for supporters. I would just always say that looking back over my, my rugby career, I, I always played well against France because I knew if I didn't play well that French, they seemed to me to be so full of talent and so full of expression and the way that they play the rugby. And I always enjoyed the challenge of playing against France and I always did well. But one story, so you mentioned my first cap alongside my brother Scott. Eight years later in the same fixture against France at Murrayfield in eight years later, 1994, we win our 50th caps together at the same time, which was amazing because I missed some games, Scott missed some games. But we arrive on number 50 game mm. in the same match against France at Murrayfield eight years after our first game. And this game, we've won against France every year at Murrayfield. Okay, 86, 88, 1990, 92. In 1994, we lose against France at Murrayfield, our 50th cap. There is no celebration. I'm very disappointed. And Philippe Saint-André is the French captain. So I say to Philippe, next year, we will win in the Parc de France. And he says, that is crazy. You haven't won there since 1969. <laughs> and I said, I don't care. I don't care. Next year, we will win in Parc de France. And the next year, we won in the Parc de France. And I managed to score a try right at the end and kick the conversion. And we won the game. And there is a wonderful moment in the television of myself running towards the post to scoring and in the background Philippe Saint-André has got his head in his hands and he's shaking he cannot believe that this misery is about to befall on, on him as a French captain so but then later on that year uh, we play in the World Cup in South Africa and as I've already said Emile Entemac scores a try five minutes into injury time to win the game for France So Philippe got his uh, revenge that day. Oh, I see. I see. And um, I still like the French. And I play against Philippe Sella. We play for Scotland Schoolboys together in 1979. And we finished our careers at the same time in 1995 after the World Cup in South Africa. So that was 16 years. Schoolboys to Rugby World Cup playing against each other. And Philippe is a... Wonderful man and a wonderful rugby player. And I look forward to seeing him again. He is indeed. Absolutely. You will see him very soon. Well, next in 2023 or maybe before, I suppose. And what do you make of Brice Dulin? Because obviously you were a fullback and Brice Dulin is very much the man who saved the match. 
<laughs> no, I think, uh, I think he's a very good player. He's fantastic under the high ball. He comes into the line and is able to be creative and he scores some tries also. So, yeah, I like him. I think he's been a good fullback and it's maybe been a position that, that France haven't had tremendous players in for a long, long time, I remember. And one or two others have not just lived up to that reputation. But Duran, I think, is, is very good. He's he's a good player. And, and so I hope he scores maybe one try at the weekend and Scotland score many more. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to win. And one very last question is that you never felt like taking the French leave? Going to France to play in, I don't know, in Racing or Brive or... Or Toulon, Toulouse. Are you asking me this? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm too old to be getting a... a, a <laughs> I said played, played. Have you ever thought in your younger days that maybe it would be good to move to, to France? Like Philippe Selad did your way around. I know, but it was more when the game became professional that the players started moving to France. I would have loved to have... I feel very bad that I cannot speak the French language. And I know I've played against France on many occasions and I always enjoyed playing against France. And, and the language barrier for people of my generation is a barrier. And, and I feel very sad that a lot of these great players that I played against, I would be very friendly with these players were I able to communicate with them. So that is my one regret is the language barrier and my inability to speak French. Well, what? It's never too late. We still have two well, years until 2023 and you can learn a thing online French with Duolingo. I will send you the link afterwards. It's very, very good. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But what is a common language? It's the language of wine and beer amongst rugby players. Well, thank you ever so much. All the best. May the best team win. Okay. <laughs> We hope so. Okay. Au revoir. No. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. So, yeah, Mike, what a game that was. To be honest with you, let's start by the positive. Wales was so brilliant at the beginning. Yeah, well, for the first 60 minutes, wasn't it? it you know, it's just unbelievable. I thought with 10 minutes to go, well, actually, with five minutes to go, they were 10 points ahead. I thought we really, we're not going to lose this now. I just can't believe that, that France pulled it out of the bag. But credit to them, they did. Well, a few things in the ring. If you look at the first half, friends were passive. I saw that defensive style was lacking a bit. But uh, we found out this week that, unfortunately, Sean Edwards had a, a sad family. Um... Yes, bereavement. Yeah, so exactly. that, that explains why, why the defence was so shambolic, really. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll be fired up for this week. But, yes, what, a, what an incredible game. And it started off, didn't it? Six minutes and uh, a try for France. And then it went back and forth. Four tries in the first 18 minutes. I mean, it was incredible. 17-all at half-time. It was just, the match had absolutely everything, didn't it? It had red cards, yellow cards, disallowed tries, just absolutely everything you could want in a rugby match. Yes, so much emotion. But I think that the catalyst for the French really to wake up and to fight back was the fact uh, that Williamsey got um, a red card. Yeah. Which, um, it wasn't international. It just happened in the heat of the moment. It wasn't malicious at all. This sort of thing can happen. That's my personal opinion. But yeah, I could see the, the, the face of uh, Olivon asking um, Luke Pierce, are you sure? 
Are you sure? Yes, he was sure. You know, it was, it was yeah, foul. Yeah, I was sure as well. I was definitely <laughs> sure. <laughs> but he got banned for two weeks. Yeah, but you're right. It certainly did fire up France. And after that, they were they were a different team, weren't they? Of course, Wales had two yellow cards, you know, which so really at the end, France had a man advantage, which makes it even more bizarre. But the possession was 50-50. And when you very rarely you see such a absolutely uh, frightening statistic that it was... France, 158 tackles. Wales made 181 tackles. France conceded 13 turnovers. Wales, five. But, you know, on this occasion, France's discipline, they only conceded six penalties. Wales conceded 14. So that was a big factor in in losing the game. And France's defence was, even though they conceded three tries, Olivon and Aldrich both completed 21 tackles each. But the top tackler of the night was Alan Wynne-Jones with 22, but I say three, it was actually three minutes to go. It was 30-20 to Wales. I mean, has there ever been a comeback as, as good as that? I mean, just absolutely incredible. The best game of the Six Nations rugby for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. That was, uh, that was absolutely phenomenal. And regarding the, the first half, you mentioned something really interesting. Uh, during the full match, actually, the penalty counts for the French were very low. It yeah. was only six, which is less than usual. Rob Garces has joined the French staff. So I think the French players are much more cautious in their play. Yeah. It could be the, the reason why maybe they were a bit more passive than usual as well. But wow, in the last 10 minutes, they, they just, they had nothing to lose, absolutely nothing to lose. And they just went for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And broke my heart. And kudos <laughs> to Charles Olivon. Charles Olivon was really a great captain, leading his men to, to the battle. I had to watch that game again yesterday because it was so incredible. Yeah, I haven't had the courage to watch it again. <laughs> but but let's credit to both, set, both sets of players. I mean, they gave everything. The officials, referee Luke Pierce, and the officials were superb. Great credit to everybody. When all the pain and heartache has subsided, we look back on it as one of the greatest games in the history of the Six Nations, and and it will be played time and time again, I'm sure. Definitely. But not in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Only as a nightmare. And that reminds me, Luke Pierce, you told me, he he was born in Wales. Born in Pontypool, yes. yes, Are you you related by chance? Luke Pierce, Mike Pierce? Because if I take away 20 years younger, or maybe 30 years, and five stone less, sorry. I haven't haven't seen you since September, (laughs) physically. No, I was 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 as thin as him when I was his age, so yeah. uh, right, I think there could be some resemblance. So I don't know. It could be uh, when this summer after the top fourteen, maybe you can do some research on ancestry.co.uk. And who knows? It might be your your distant cousin. Look, I, don't, because... I, don't, I don't need more hate hate mail on Twitter. Because my niece actually did the research on my ancestry, and she found out that my uh, my maiden name is Cozion, C O Z E I N. And uh, one of my father's cousins is a very well-known economist called Maurice Cozion, who was a professor and who worked for the government and uh, wrote uh, lots of books about, about corporate taxes. So wow. now I understand why I like so much law. Fascinating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So anyway, Friday is the big game. Who's going to win the tournament? Well, 
<laughs> I know I want to win the tournament, but I mean, just to let everybody know, if France score four tries and win by 21 points or more, then they win the Six Nations. If they score four tries and win by 20 points, the winner will be either Wales or France, depending on who has scored the most tries. So at the moment, Wales has scored 15 and France have scored 10. So this game is going to go, is going to be fascinating throughout because you know, 21 points is a, is a big is a big margin to win by and to score four tries you think that's that's quite a tall order actually and and France have only beaten Scotland one two three four five times by 21 points or more 2019 they won 27 10 and way back in 2009, they won 22-13. So there aren't that many instances where, where France have beaten Scotland by more than 20 points. It's going to be a, a fascinating, fascinating night. And they, there could be a situation where the tournament will be shared between France and Wales. So you know, the stats are are going berserk and, and the permutations are endless. But it's going to be, it's going to be a great night. Indeed, but uh, that uh, Scotland hasn't won away in France for over 30 years. Yeah, they've never. Last time yeah, yeah. was in 1999. They've never actually won a Six Nations game in Paris. But you have to say their team was pretty dismal in, in sort of previous years. And they have got a team now that, that can threaten. And I certainly think they've got a team that can score tries. And I think the one to watch are the usual suspects. <laughs> It's very much because Scotland is very much a, a very tough and physical side with a very strong defensive resolve. So I think Stuart Hogg and, and Russell, Finn Russell are the one that so they can create tries from nothing, a bit like Dupont. So something to watch. For me, Duane van der Merwe on the wing, he's, I think he's a, he's a big threat at six foot four and 16 stone 10. And, and I think that's the reason why Teddy Toma isn't playing because I think Toma does have defensive frailties and this guy is, is so massive. I think he's, I think he's a, a really big threat. But France have missed 79 tackles in this tournament to Scotland's 36. Scotland have got the best tackle success of any team in the Six Nations, 93%. So the stats again, France have won their last nine home games in a row. Scotland have won their last three away games. So it is going to be a fascinating encounter, I think. It will, but unfortunately with no crowd, which yeah. is a bit of a shame. Yeah. And it's something that Gavin was saying. It's so sad, not only for supporters, but for the players, because they give everything yeah. to the game. But sooner or later, you know, they will start feeling crowds in stadium. So, yeah, so what do you think of the French team? Any surprises in there for you? No, so the French team has been announced today. I mean, the only changes are we've got the ban. He was suspended for two weeks. The Vahamina was injured. So Bernard de Roux has come back and Rebadge is in the second row. Gail Ficou is on the wing in place of Teddy Thomas. And Arthur Vincent is back at centre. So, yeah, I'm pretty much as as expected. I think Scotland, uh, well, they've got Finn Russell back after concussion. Stuart Hogg has moved back to fullback from fly half. Hugh Jones is on the bench. 
Ali Price is back at scrum half. And of course, there was a bit of an issue because the players who play in the English Premiership, only five players were allowed to be picked from Premiership sides. So Sean Maitland has had to miss out because that would have made six players for for Scotland. But uh, yeah, France, full strength, really. Indeed. And you may have noticed that uh, the players that were finishers have been thanked by the staff because they are back into the team. And Tamak, of course, because Jalibert is out now, he's injured. So, and Tamak's yes. back at fly half. So that will be, he'll renew his partnership with, with Dupont. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And one thing we didn't say earlier about the, the French French versus Wales is that this time, thank you very much, Fabien, <laughs> is that he, he used 100% his bench. Yeah. That was the last time it was an oversight. I think if we would have had a challenge or some life into the team against England, I think we could have got it. We could have won it. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a, a real fight, I think, on both sides. Yeah, we get an extra Six Nations game. More work for us, but what a thrill, what a thrill. And Ali Ali Le Bleu. Yes, Scotland are playing in blues. Yeah, absolutely, because France will be playing in white shirts, so I agree with you entirely. Mm. <laughs> Top 14. Top, yes, we're back to a full Top 14 programme this weekend. Stade Francais, they're at home to Clermont. Bayonne, they're at home to Racing 92. Bordeaux, they're at home to La Rochelle. Uh, Brive, they entertain Agen. Castra face Poe. Toulouse, at home to Montpellier. And finally, Lyon, they're at home to Toulon. Nearly the end of the Top 14. Three months to go. I think they're finishing in June. Yeah, that's right. We'll soon be down to the barrage and the semi-finals and the final in Paris. And who knows, we might even get some crowds in by then. But as France get their uh, vaccination situation sorted. Oh, I think it will because Macron has decided to to use the army now to speed up the, <laughs> the vaccination I see. Oh, okay. rate. Yeah, so it's moving in the right direction. We don't have to lag, lag behind everybody else. Excellent. Here we go. So a short and sweet podcast today, just like me. <laughs> but thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And especially the, the great chat I had with Gavin yeah, Hastings. I'm still pinching myself in terms of how I can I get hold of those le- legends. You know, it's all about French rugby connections. Absolutely. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll have a Nigel Owen one day as well. <laughs> you never know your luck, do you? <laughs> or Jiffy. so mike what a crazy crazy six nations so much fun to report it and watch you know the six nations since it's started it's been absolutely brilliant hasn't it i mean i have to say at the beginning of the tournament i was worried that it might feel a bit flat that without crowds but it's actually been one of the best six nations i can remember the results of with the exception of italy Every game has been difficult to pick a winner. And I mean, as wearing my Welsh hat, it's just been outstanding, even taking into account the defeat at the weekend, because beating, like we said in the first podcast, momentum's the key. You win your first game and you get on a roll. And, and that's proved the case with, with Wales and France. 
And yeah, I mean, what, what was your favorite? I shouldn't say what was your favorite game because I think I know what it is. But what was it? Saturday games, of course, because it was so full, so unexpected. But I think the reason why they, they did it, they didn't want to have that déjà vu of the defeat from Twickenham, which was extremely hurtful. So yeah, it was kind of a payback. You know, they just found some grit and determination and lots of savoir-faire, agility to slay the dragon. Yes, I mean, my favourite was actually Wales-England with that old rivalry and it means I can live in peace for 12 months in England and uh, give people some stick when I can actually get out and meet them. So, yeah, fabulous tournament. And I hope Friday night runs off in style. I'm sure it will. Can't wait. So we'll be back, uh, our rugby friends, next week to uh, summarise the last game of yeah, the situation. Yeah, one of us will be celebrating yet again. One of us will be champions and one of us won't. <laughs> and I might be singing Flower of Scotland. So, wow, what a podcast this is going to be. And if you're lucky, I might be singing La Marseillaise. Yeah, well, that should help the Scots if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir, my Au revoir. French. My friend, my ready friend. Bye. Bye. <laughs>